Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be on the planet as you listen to this podcast, that you are understanding all the components of what creates negative space or negative energy for you so that you can filter it all out, lift it up and out of your aura, your body, your mind, your heart. I noticed that I've talked about several things that could constitute negative energy and what we need to do to rip that out by the roots. But I usually say things like negative energy or that which no longer serves you. You know, to take the negativity out of that, which, well, basically no longer serves us, right? And over the weekend, I was listening to Andrew Weston, who is, oh man, um, I don't even know how to describe this guy. He's only got like 459 followers on YouTube, right? But he's really he's very deeply metaphysical and he's very intense and he has his own language that he has developed around his experience. So if you just listen to one of his videos out of nowhere, you're like, um, I want some of that acid he's on. (laughs) This dude is tripping hard, right? And even though he's probably not, I'm sure he's maybe probably in the past done something, but he's on this massively crazy road where he is describing his spiritual experiences, but the way he describes it, you're just like, am I that dumb? I don't understand. It, this is English, right? You know what I mean? Like that, at least that's me. I'm just like, I don't quite get this guy, but I asked him about, he had a live video and there's only like, I don't know, three or four of us watching at the time. And I said, Hey, I keep having this dream. He mentioned wings. And I said, I keep having this recurring dream in which I'm in the future and I'm in Thailand. I believe it's Thailand or maybe Bali. Beautiful. It's Asia. It's beautiful. It's lush. It's green. We're surrounded by ocean. We're on a island. And I keep dreaming that I jump from the cliff. And in the beginning, I was just jumping. I didn't tell him this whole thing, but this is what the dream was. I kept this. It's a recurring dream over and over and over again. I keep jumping from the cliff. And in the beginning, I was in a boat in the ocean watching people jump off the cliff. And eventually I climbed to the top of this massive cliff and watching people jump off. And then eventually I was jumping off. And the last time I had a dream about it, I 
woke up really early, like six in the morning, which is unlike me. And I walked outside and I was, um, my back hurt and I was trying to stretch and I was in the sun and I started to itch my back. And the more I itched my back, the more my flesh opened up in my back. And all of a sudden these little wings sprouted out of my back and then they grew and they grew and they grew until they were big enough to support me to fly. And I'm like, holy crap, what does this mean? Is this a genetic anomaly? Am I like an angel right now? You know, did I get my angel wings? I used to be the angel of death, at least in my first life here on earth. You know, at least that's what somebody told me in Guatemala, which always kind of felt true. It rang true, but it was also extremely odd. <laughs> and I, I don't know, like, I, what is this? So I woke up and my wet wings were white in the, at first they were wet. Like they, like if you were a baby bird coming out of a shell and your wings would be wet and then you have to dry them in the sun and you're shivering for a little bit cause it's cold. And then all of a sudden they dry in the sun and they're dry and then you start to flap them gently and they lift you. And in my dream, I was not too close to the cliff. I was still kind of, you know, inland from the edge of the cliff and I was being lifted up one to two feet at a time. And I was thrilled, but then I got scared. What if an updraft comes and picks me up? What if I fall off the cliff? What if I run into the rocks? What if I don't know how to fly suddenly and I, and I'm, I forget what muscles to use that, which works my wings, you know? So I've had this, like every variation you can imagine, except the one where I'm flying free and I feel great over these beautiful islands of Thailand and or Bali or wherever I am. So anyway, I asked him over the weekend, I'm like, okay, I keep having this dream, a recurring dream that I have wings. They sprout from my back and I'm thrilled because finally I've gotten my wings. I've earned it. Everything is fine. I'm good. I've earned my wings and everything is good. And then I wake up and I get so mad because my reality is not reflecting my dream that I keep having because I want my wings, damn it. And so I guess, I don't know if he tuned into me specifically or if he was saying in general, but he was talking about, you have to get rid of the negativity. And then he started listing what that means. And the biggest thing that stuck in my mind was regrets. He said, what keeps you on the karmic wheel of life in that death, rebirth, death, rebirth, ongoing forever more karma, karma and reincarnation cycle. What keeps you on that wheel? It's like a hamster wheel <laughs> and you know, we die, we come back, we die, we come back. Blah, 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 blah. And, the, and what happens is that we are attaching ourselves into the wheel. And I can't tell you the words he used. I was getting, I was getting what he was saying in his words and not totally getting it. But then I was getting it on a different level from him. And I felt like really connected to him. It was amazing. I feel like I, I love everyone on the planet. And I felt like I really, I love this guy and I haven't like stopped following him, even though I usually never understand what the hell he's talking about, <laughs> but I feel like there's something and one day I'm going to get it And this day. I got it. Finally, I understood what he's talking about. 
And he was talking about when you have regrets, that's because that's an ego outcome that didn't go the way you wanted. And it's an, it had still tied to your ego. So when you're feeling sad about something, mad about something, um, depressed about something, when you're trying to control the outcome of something, when you're angry that it doesn't go your way, when you have regrets about something that went away, you did not want it to go because you were unable to control it. And then that results in regrets. All of these things are attached to your ego. And when your ego is attached to these things, like the outcomes, what happens is you're still attached, attached to the death and birth and rebirth cycle, birth, death, rebirth, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, shampoo, rinse, repeat (laughs) cycle of earth. And it's all those things. And so you have to detach yourself from all of that. And I've always heard that. I mean, you know, the Buddhists have always been saying it and I'm not too terribly fond of Buddhist stuff. It just doesn't, it feels emotionally cold and unappealing to me, um, to my nature. Cause I'm a very warm person, even though I do agree with a lot of things that they believe, right? They meaning, you know, the two or three Buddhists I've spoken to and the two or three books I've read, um, usually it doesn't turn me on. I usually read this and go, eh, this kind of sounds dumb to me. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea, you know, but I'll read something like Vedanta, you know, like, or even in the Vedas, I'm like, oh yeah, some of this stuff is interesting. All right. You know, like the story of Arjun, it's like, okay, so it was a war. What does that have to do with me? I don't relate to that either, but some of the stuff from India I relate to even parables and things from China. I obviously deeply relate to Lao Tzu actually. Um, you know, Taoism I relate to more than Buddhism and not so much to Confucianism, although some of his stuff seems, you know, sound right. But when I was listening to Ann Andrew talk about this stuff, I'm like, Oh, wow. You know what? I actually do have regrets. I have a lot of regrets. And I used to say, I don't have any regrets. I don't regret where I'm at. I love who I am. I love my life. No regrets, no matter what. And then I got divorced and I started realizing I kind of wish things had gone different. I mean, I had two men that absolutely loved me. They're hundred percent good men. I know them both still. Oh, well, one of them, I don't know anymore. I haven't seen him since I married. Um, actually I talked to him since I got married to my last husband, but we, um, had a wonderful conversation right before he got married and I haven't talked to him since he got married. Um, didn't quite seem appropriate somehow, but he's a good man. He's a military man. He is a Republican. There's things we don't agree on, but as a person of moral values, a really good person, he's it, you know, and my, and he's Catholic and my, other ex is Jewish, <laughs> you know, and I'm Muslim. So, I mean, you know, I've hit all the re- major religions, you know, in my life one way or another, <laughs> but he, um, my, my Jewish ex, he's a cop. Um, well, we used to be an LAPD officer and he now like, he, um, he's had two other careers. He flies commercial jet airliners. Um, well, God now, not anymore. Uh, since coronavirus, damn it. But 
he's also a very good man. He found his, the love of his life and they're happily married and they've got kids. And he and I are, we talk every now and again, we're really good friends still. And I mean, I've known him since he was 19 years old and he's in his forties now. So, I mean, that tells you something, you know, you know, if nothing else, other than I do hang on to friends that are meant to be obviously, but, um, I don't have regrets that I'm not with these people, but sometimes I have had regrets that I didn't start with them and stay with them, even though it probably wouldn't have worked out because both of them found their true loves later, right? So there's times when I've caught myself thinking, well, God, if only that military hero had been your father, or if only that guy who's very, he's sweet and he's a little bit dorky, but he's very straight laced and clean cut. Like maybe I never would have smoked pot in front of my kids. And maybe I would have given my kid acid on his 16th birthday as a gift. Like there's certain things I kind of feel like I regret, like maybe a little bit, even though my kids don't regret that I, that I was open and a hippie liberal, you know, um, type of parent, you know, and I've given them experiences that, you know, the average conservative parent wouldn't have been interested in leaving their city, let alone their state. Although my, one of my exes, I mean, he has his own, he has his own aircraft and he's flown to Peru several times. You know, he's not, he's very open-minded to other cultures. He's originally from Israel. So it's kind of, you know, he's been all over the world, but, um, but I, I don't regret the way things turned out, but there have been moments of regret there. I, I feel like, Oh God, if I had only had more faith in him, if I had only waited for him, if I'd only told him, you know, V, if I told him that I loved him, that I was absolutely, not only did I love him, I was in love with him, man. I, I mean, I was heart sick for the moments I was away from him and I would never admit it. I was too stubborn and he didn't know that I loved him. And if I had just told him, I thought all of my actions spoke for me. You know, like the days that I would show up three hours early at 7.30 in the morning to bring him breakfast and a, and a warm coffee because I knew he's going to be in the hallway studying before an exam because it was where he felt comfortable studying. I knew him. I knew him really well, you know. He would bring his coat. He would sit on his coat on that cold, cold floor, and he would just study and study and study and study for like two hours before the big exams. And I knew that if I would bring him breakfast, he would be right there. And he would always be like, why are you here three hours early? You don't even have class. You know, why aren't you in bed? You know, why did you take a bus that early, man? Why didn't you tell me I would have picked you up? You know, like he was always saying that. And I always thought my actions would have spoken for me. Like, don't you understand how much I'm truly in love with you? But he never caught on. You know, my friends, they all saw the way he looked at me and they're like, oh, this guy's so in love with you. And he did ask me to marry him a week before I married my second husband. So what am I going to say? Yeah, I haven't talked to you in years. Let me just race off, you know, with you. And I've been building this relationship with this man for like already over a year and it just don't work out. But I have caught myself having these regrets about these lost loves, the grass is always greener on the other side of the septic tank. You know what I mean? You know, just to quote Irma Bombeck for a second. (laughs) It always seems like the grass is always greener, but what if I had gone down those roads? And what if I had? 
Would I be voting for Trump? My God, I would never live. I couldn't even live with myself. I'd be constantly at odds politically, probably with both men. I don't even know how the Israeli votes, but maybe he's liberal. I think he might be liberal. I go along with his parents and the other guy. I did not. His parents didn't like me. I wasn't Lithuanian. See, both of them were foreigners, but (laughs) they're both Americans, but but their parents had to naturalize. So it was kind of, but I don't know. I mean, as part of me, my spiritual, you know, or my adventure, my, uh, wanderlust adventurous heart, you know, like I love everybody. It doesn't matter what religion they're from or where they're from. I just, you know, see the person for who they are on a heart level. Right. But both good men, but I have had my regrets. And I've had other regrets. I've had regrets of, well, if I would have just done this differently or that differently, I would have had a lot more money coming in. If I had not bought my house in Detroit, I would have kept that $25,000 that I spent on the house and clean and fixing it up, you know, instead of having this mess of now I've got a house that I can't really live in and, you know, just... But I wouldn't have, but I would have met my, you know, so I, I kind of go through, I, I met some people over there. I had some amazing experiences in Detroit. It's a lovely city. If you look at the lovely parts of it, it's a terrible city. If you look at the terrible parts of it, just like every city on the planet. And I have some regrets. I did everything right and still felt like I had to leave down. Otherwise, you know, it could have ended up really badly for my children and me. You know, and I have several things that happened that I just feel like, mm, I regret talking to that person. I regret making that decision. I made, I regret, you know, ever coming in contact with these people over here or that person over there. You know, you go through life and things happen and you're like, damn, I wish I never would have met that landlord. Wish I never would have met that jerk. Oh, and wish I never would have dated that narcissist. Wish I would have maybe stayed in school and got my master's degree in psychology because I still to this day don't have it. If I had not gone to hypnosis school and would have gone later on, I never would have met my second husband, would not have had my kids. But I still think maybe if I would have, maybe I still would have met him. Maybe he would have ended up in that school and he would have had his degree in psychology instead, you know, like instead of the way he did get his degree. So like I have over the past couple of years, I've really, really thought about long and hard. Do I have regrets? And when Andrew said that to me and he's like, you, you have regrets. And I'm like, oh snap, he's right. And I never heard it like so put succinctly before that part of the negative energy part of our ego feeding are those things called regrets and of course that brought me over to one of my most favorite shows being erica now if you've never seen being erica my god go see this go see the show I think maybe you can order it for through Netflix possibly, but you can definitely, I think, well, you could definitely buy it, you know, 
Um, you could buy, you know, the box set of this old show filmed in Toronto, Canada. One of my most absolute favorite shows of all time, hands down. It's spiritual. It's deep. It's psychological. It's about timeline hopping. It's about looking at reality from a higher perspective. It's absolutely incredible, you know, and this, this woman named Erica, it's about her and I'm not giving any part of it away when I tell you the basis for the story. And it's this, she says, you know, a lot of people go through their life and whatever happens happens, but they say, you know what? No regrets. I have absolutely no regrets. I would never have changed a thing. And she said, but you know what? Not me, not me. I have so many regrets and I feel so bad about myself and my choices in my life that I feel like I screwed up everything and I would have been way more successful had I not taken more chances, more risks, made different choices. If I could go back and change all of those choices and make a new choice every single time. Maybe I wouldn't live with regrets and maybe I would have money now. Maybe I'd be successful now. Maybe I just totally screwed up my own life. My world is riddled with regrets. So that's the basis of the show. So basically she meets, uh, um, a random person that shows up in her life at a time in which she has just lost her job and she was stood up for a date <laughs> all within a matter of like two or three hours all this crap happens to her and she goes into a random store to get in out of the rain and they serve her something with a nut that she's absolutely allergic to. And she ends up in the emergency room and almost dies. So that's like, I think the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> so maybe I'm getting a little bit of a spoiler alert for like the first five, 10 minutes. And while she's, um, recovering from this horrible allergy, this, uh, random person shows up and hands her his card and basically says, I'd like to help you. And she's like, I don't have any money. I don't even have a job. He's like, it's for free. I don't work for money. And it turns out he's like a psychologist, but also he's somehow magical and he can send her back each and every regret she's had. She gets to go back, relive the moment again and make a different choice to see how her life would be different. And she gets to see the truth is her, is it worth her having those regrets and changing them? Or did the outcome come out the same, no matter what her decision was, you know, do we live by the hand of fate? Are the three fates weeding the cloth of our life? Or is it our, you know, is our destiny? Is it our destiny to be in certain places at certain times to meet certain people? to go through certain experiences or is it our fault for not making that corner of fifth and Ivia on time to meet that one true love of our life or to, you know, maybe we didn't see 
the uh, ad in time and the job was filled and that would have made you a millionaire or maybe just maybe if you hadn't set off on the path of vegetarianism, like for me, that happened to me nine years as a vegetarian. And I almost killed myself with this diet because I did everything right. According to what vegetarians tell you to do. I ended up being allergic to every nut known to man for like seven years, including bananas, several fruits and vegetables that I never had a problem with before. I ended up being absolutely allergic to (laughs) my organs are shutting down one organ at a time and I couldn't get pregnant and I almost died. Vegetarianism almost freaking killed me now. And and now if I eat a steak, even a big steak, I'm like 10 pounds lighter the next day because my body loves to eat meat. That's my genetic code. It's weird. I mean, if I had my way, I'd just eat like a vegan because my God, it's like super cheap. I mean, what? $20 a week here in Ecuador would get me everything I need to be a vegan, but I, my body can't handle it. I start to get really sick three days into any vegan diet. Anytime it's not just detoxing. I get very, very sick. I just can't do it, but I eat meat. And I feel amazing. I have so much energy and my joints feel great. My hair turns back to its normal color. When I eat too much vegetarian food, my hair turns white. That can't be right. That can't be healthy. (laughs) I mean, it took for a long time for me to be able to eat a a walnut or an almond again. You know, I, I did everything right. I did according to several books and, you know, I was with my, my husband when I met him, he had been a vegetarian for like 14 years and we thought it was spiritual. It was good for us and we can get pregnant. And two weeks into eating meat for four ounces of meat a day, boom, got pregnant within two weeks. (laughs) I did the eat right for your blood type diet. And within two weeks, boom, easy. We were like an infertile couple, two years we tried. And then all of a sudden, oh wait, it was just the diet. (laughs) How weird is that? It's diet. So, you know, so certain things I look back on that, like that's kind of a regret. I wish I had never been with that boyfriend I had who was a vegetarian and influenced him, allowed him to influence me. And, you know, I took on his philosophy as my own for harmony's sake, harmony in the relationship, which he was a narcissist. They, there ain't going to be harmony in a narcissistic empath relationship. Let me tell you, you know, but I have learned a lot since then. But when Andrew said this the other day to me directly said, he calls me Alana. He's like, Alana, <laughs> um, you have too many regrets and that's feeding into your ego. So since then now for about two or three days, I've been like working actively. What are my regrets? You know what? I don't want to have that regret. Everything that I've done in this life up until this point has led me to the point, which I have a, a, a radio show now turned podcast. I've been doing this as a podcast for over two years or well, about two years, maybe not what year and a half just feels like tears <laughs> and I don't feel regret anymore for this because for anything anymore, because it led me to this point, to this moment I'm sitting in my bedroom, which is the entire third floor of this building. Now where I came from a week and two days ago, I was in an apartment that was on the third floor and it was only like a third or a fourth of the third floor. And it was kind of, 
you know, sketchy with all the people and the mold. And I had one light in my bedroom. And when it stopped working, they were like telling me that they told me two lies in a row within five minutes of each other. I was told that the electrode to replace in that light is too expensive for me, for them to replace for me. It was $5. So they're saying that I'm not even worth $5. I can't see my own stuff in my room at night. I mean, I was just like, whatever. And then they said, oh, but they don't make them anymore. So one of those things was a lie. One was saying that we do not honor and value as our tenant. And then the other thing was that it just doesn't exist anymore. And if that's true, then what happens is, um, if that's true, then what they should have done, you know, to be responsible as a person, um, owning a property, the thing that, that they should have been doing is replace it with another light because now that we've moved out no one in their right mind is going to go into that freak show of an apartment to rent it. Right. And I even started to regret having made the decision to move there. And as a stubborn Irish woman, <laughs> maybe it's my Virgoness. I don't know what it is, but I really wanted to just to stay there and give my son a stable home. He always wanted a place to be that was stable, but I picked the wrong place because it ended up being terrible. It ended up being a freak show, a nightmare. But he and I were talking on the day before we left and he all of a sudden got it. And he, and I'm not going to go into the details, but he said, I knew him, the landlord in a past life. And in fact, you and I knew him, but I think our family line treated his family bad in a past life. And he started going into all the details because my son suddenly on our last night there got extremely psychic. He did like a couple, um, prayers like meditation and he started working with our ancestors because we start talking about that. It's like, I'm going to try it. And he just did like a, I don't know, maybe a five or 10 minute thing. And all of a sudden all this knowledge exploded within him. And the two people that we had karma with, were attached to that building. One person lived in a different apartment and then the guy who owned our apartment. So I would, I'd been regretting, regretting, regretting that. And then he was like, wait a minute, we put him in a bad way where he almost died in a past life. And so he, we owed him. And so here we're paying him money for two whole years, 24 months. I lived there 24 payments of rent. I paid him. And he let us live in squalor where in a past life, we left him to live in squalor. And then we were just like, Oh God, well now we don't regret living here because it was just a karmic debt we had to pay (laughs) and that he had to pay, you know, we had to pay him. We paid him physically money, but he also ignored us. Like we'd say there's mold growing, you know, Hey, there's mold growing. And it looks like it might be black mold and we really need this taken care of. And he said, I'm going to send so-and-so over right away. He'll be there this week. And two years later, that guy still never came in to help the mold. And when we left, the whole place was filled with mold, <laughs> you know? So in a way he, he neglected himself 
in his own property, but he also neglected us. And it was like a karmic debt. Once it was repaid, then we're like, Oh, well now I don't have the regret. Now it's over. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Now I live in a bedroom with eight lights, eight lights in my bathroom. I have like five lights not including the skylight. And in my bedroom, I have two skylights. I mean, talk about like paying my debt, my karmic debt. (laughs) We paid the karmic debt and now we're living in this luxurious house for less money with not one wonky light that doesn't work anymore, but eight lights. I have two Two of them, they work, but I need to buy the light bulb for. So, oh, poor me. I only have six lights in my bedroom. <laughs> Some of them are white lights to see clear. Some are ambient lighting for a romantic feel. You know, and, and I don't know if you can hear it, but some of them are make it look like the sun coming through the skylights. Because my skylights, literally the sun comes through, but they're also set up so that I, at night I could turn it on and it looks like the sun is coming through my room. I'm so grateful for it. So I was grateful to hear from Aunt, from Andrew to say to me, Elena, you need to let go of your regrets. It's feeding your ego. Every time you're angry or mad or feeling that sense of you need to get justice for something that feeds your ego and all the things that feed your ego is keeping you tied on that birth, death, rebirth cycle, wheel of life, that karmic wheel, that wheel of fortune (laughs) in the card, you know, card 10 in the tarot. And that's what it is. That's what it is. So, and I've told you guys in the past, just, you know, let go of the things that no longer serve you. You got to look at things like regrets, all the things that feed your ego. When you're hurt and you're holding on to the hurt, when you're depressed, when you're sad, when you're angry, when you're feel incensed about, oh, how dare she say that about me. Even today, my, my son and I are having conversations about people in our past. And my cousin had said some stuff about me that just was completely unfounded. And she encouraged everyone in the family to delete me on Facebook and to stop talking to me right after my husband died. And I'm like, what the actual hell, you know, what the actual, so that was like one of those things. It wasn't a regret, but it was one of those things where I was like, can you believe she said that to me? And when you have one of those energy of, can you believe that was said kind of energy? That's still a hook. Oh, it's a hook into that ego. And that ego is a hook into that cycle of life on earth. And the goal is to rise above it, ascend above it, get up, get out of this, get out of this nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) you know, you start realizing that you made the choice you made because you weren't awake enough yet spiritually to see all the positive, positive and negative outcomes of a choice. Give yourself a fricking break. 
stop regretting. You made the best possible choice with the information you had, with the mindset you had, with the level of spiritual attainment and knowledge that you had at the time. Never judge your past self based on who you are today. Because if you were today who you are, well, first of all, all those badass choices, bad and badass choices that you made in the past are the choices that led to being who you are today with the level of spiritual attainment and understanding you have. Right? Yeah, nodding your head. All right. So all those choices, good, bad, or indifferent. All the women you didn't choose to date, all the men you didn't choose to marry, all the, you know, schools you didn't, you chose not to attend, the cake you chose not to eat and you regret it because it looked damn good. Probably you wouldn't have gained an ounce anyway from it. All those choices that you made that makes you who you are today, you know? And so we need to stop regretting. I know what it's like to be a vegetarian for nine years. I know what it was like for me, but I know what it's like to feel like a self-righteous bitch because I'm not eating meat and you are, (laughs) you know? And then look, that came back to slap me in the face and the ass. Oh my God, I gained 30 pounds (laughs) from being a vegetarian. I started eating meat and I lost weight. What? How's that, right? But hey. I have a dyslexic body. What can I tell you? It doesn't make any sense, but, but Hey, that's what happened. Right. And so I regret being judgmental of other people, you know, um, in my past, oh my God, I was so judgmental as 18. You know, I regretted that, but now I don't regret it because you know what? All of that led me to levels of understanding and the shame that I felt when I woke up spiritually to that made me more humble. It made me more humble. And there's a lot of life experiences that you regret because you wish you didn't have it. Oh, I wish that wouldn't have happened to me. You know, my house burned down or my storage got ruined or all the crap that happens to all of us. We all have something. Don't even regret those really bad things because, you know, it teaches you lessons. Everything teaches you lessons. All the material stuff goes away when we die anyway. It's all an illusion. It's all BS. But believe you me, I do. I I looked at a $3 million mansion in Encino today online that I absolutely fell in love with. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a, not that I want to live in Encino or even in the United States anymore, but God, what a cute house is that? And I thought, wow, could I ever be happy there? I'm like, I don't know. I could be happy anywhere. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just a material thing anyway, but it'd be nice to have, you know, marble walls and fountains and, (laughs) but I'm surrounded by beauty where I live right now. And I'm just renting this place and it's beautiful. And again, you can hear the echo. No, no art, art on the walls, massive closet space. Crap. I could have four or five people move in here and they'd all have enough room for their clothes. (laughs) I can't believe I'm in this beautiful place. I'm so grateful for it now. I'm so grateful. And all of my choices, good, bad, or otherwise, led me to living here. If I'd been with a different man, I wouldn't be living here. I wouldn't have this beautiful, glorious view. 
of the river and the trees and the insane birds that make that sound at night. <laughs> I wouldn't have wolves running in and, my, in and out of my house, wolf dogs or dogs that hope they're wolves and want to grow up to be wolves someday. They're really smart dogs, but you know, the, the owner told me they're like half wolf. I think they're probably like a quarter. They look like wolves, but <laughs> anyway, I just want you guys to like, when you think about, I release all negativity and you don't really know what that is. It's just like a, a random vague concept. I want you to hone in on it. This regret, that regret, that regret over there. If you have any regrets at all. And I talk to myself probably more than I'm talking to you in some ways, because I, after watching being Erica, I start really, really, really looking into it. Do I have any regrets? And there are times I look back and go, damn, I do. I started doing these exercises in my room about four days ago. And today I got through them really rapidly and my body just, it's like everything was working. But the first day, four days ago, oh, I regretted not having done these exercises since I first heard about them in my thirties this whole time. Like I was 38, I think when I first heard about the Himalayan five rights or the Tibetan five rights, R I T E S. You can look it up on YouTube. Um, I highly recommend the book by Peter Kelder, K E L D E R. Um, it's the ancient secret of the fountain of youth. <laughs> if I'd been doing these exercises starting from the age of 38, every single day until today, I would have been thin. I would never have gotten her wrinkle ever. You know, I never would have hit menopause. And I would have been looking pretty hot this whole time. And now I have to get it back. And now I have to really work and struggle. And four days ago, I regretted that I hadn't done it. But today, four days later, I've, I'm already like, I'm looking like maybe five or six years younger. And, um, I don't think I lost any weight or anything like that, but I was able to do the exercises just so fast. And so I'm like, ah, all right. This is actually kind of interesting. Four days it took me to get here. And I'm only doing six of each exercise. I'm not even up to 21 of each exercise yet. So I'm thinking, you know, by the time I'm up to 21 of each of these exercises, it's going to be like a cakewalk. It's going to be easy. And I know in two months time, I'm going to look like I'm 30 again. And then I'm going to be like, okay, fine. So did I need to have that regret and feel bad about myself and beat myself up and have my ego involved? No, I didn't need that. And you know what? You didn't either. You didn't need any of your regrets. You didn't need any of your guilt, any of your depression, anxiety, sadness, anger, frustration, incensed at the injustice of it all. You didn't need any of those emotions. Righteous indignation. Maybe you have a right to feel that, but you know what? You don't really need it. Anything that feeds your ego holds you back and holds you here. I mean, I, for one, do not want to freaking come back to this planet ever again. (laughs) I want to meet up with my twin flame. I want to have a wonderful life with him here. And if whatever, if something happens and I don't get together with him, I don't want to live 
to be 98. Take me out when I'm 78. Let me live to see my grandkids from my kids and then I'm gone. That's all I want. But I'm never coming back to this damn planet. I'm not coming back. So here we go. This is why we have Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, where I can learn things and pass them along to you. And a lot of you have brought up things that I have done on the show as as topics because we want to learn and grow and change and ascend and we're all doing it together and it's wonderful. I'm glad I'm not doing it all by myself. I did it with my husband for a long time. We were learning and growing and trying to ascend and everything was great until it wasn't. Then the divorce and then I felt so alone. I mean, I had a few moments where I felt like I wasted my whole adult life with him. Almost. Trying to be spiritual and why? Where did it lead me? (laughs) I had a beautiful house in the mountains with my husband. We were together gosh, 13 years. If you count the year, we weren't married, but we were together, you know, before we got married about 13 years, we were together 13 and a half years. And I had everything I could ever want. My beautiful children, my beautiful house out in the mountains. Every day I was being greeted uh, by wild animals from owls to bees, to deer, to ravens. I interacted with all the outside world. I mean, all the, all the animals. I mean, they were just everywhere. Places teeming with life. From psychedelic beetles to the occasional green bird that would show up randomly. It was crazy. It was a beautiful place. I had everything I ever wanted. And then it ended and I'm like, why? Why did I even bother with my spirituality? Why did I even bother with having my own business? Why did I bother with any of it? It all went to hell anyway. For a minute, for half a minute, I was like, "Mm, I don't even know why I did any of it. Now I look back and I know it was all for my own good, all for my spiritual growth. And everything in your life is for your spiritual growth and for the betterment of you as a soul, as a spiritual person anyway. So take the red pill, darlings. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I say this to myself as much as I say it to you. And all the people around you that are waking up, tell them about the show. Because maybe things I'm saying, something will spark. (laughs) And, you know, every now and again, I say something that sparks me. And then the next day I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I'm channeling God in those moments. Not even aware at the moment. And then later I'm like, hmm. I can't believe I said that. That was pretty cool. I didn't say it. God said it through me. I became a vessel for him in 2007. 13 years, baby, in April. So, like, it's literally been 13 years and a month since I gave my, like, hey, God, this is my body. I'm your channel. You just work through me from now on. And it's led me to this beautiful place. I'm grateful. I'm looking forward to the next... You know, not 50 years, God forbid, but (laughs) I guess the next 26 years, we'll say 26 years, I'll live another 46. If I find my twin, I'll easily stay another extra 20 for him, you know, but, um, 
I don't know. I'm not going to live with regrets anymore. I'm going to let go of that because that's an ego crap thing. Oh my God. I didn't even know until Andrew said that to me on the weekend. So I don't know if this is helpful for you or not. Hopefully it is. But anyway, let's get into it, guys. I've got to go over here to the uh, spaceweather.com and we're going to see what they have to say for themselves. Ooh, these are very, on my tablet, this is a very small page. <laughs> I have to blow it up. Right now, the solar wind speed is 308.6 kilometers per second. We have had now 24 days without a sunspot, so we're still in a solar minimum. Um, we do have a far side sunspot. There's a little article here. It says there's a probable sunspot that's appeared in the sun's northern hemisphere. We just can't see it yet. NASA Stereo A spacecraft is monitoring the active region on the far side of the sun, which you can, there's a little place to click. It says right here and it's lit up so you can click it if you want to go check it out. But it says based on the high latitude, it's probably from the new solar cycle 25. And the sun's rotation will turn the spot towards Earth in about three days from now very interesting right now let's hope that a massive cme does not come off of that one but it's going to be good to see a new sunspot because we've had just so very little now there's something is weird i'm going to go over some of the other news here real quick and then we're going to come back to this crazy article um the from ulu finland they have reported that the neutron counts are lower than yesterday there's been a 0.7 percent change in the past 24 hours and it is 9.7 of the space age average. So yesterday we were at very high, today we're at high. So we have less cosmic radiation coming in than we have had. It says that there was five fireballs today, but yesterday I said five, and that the date will change, but the number won't change if there were none. So I can't reasonably assure you that there were five fireballs over the United States from NASA's all sky fireball fireball network um it might have been five yesterday and five today or maybe it's just five yesterday and none today I, I i don't know so not a lot so that's good news that it's not a lot i've never had a report where it's like yeah there were nine fireballs and three of them hit cities you know what i mean there's never anything massive like that and that's good to know as well right i mean <laughs> we don't want to be hit with the things but they do they are seen and then I don't know where they're landing, but okay. So this is a strange article. Um, let me see where I have how much money or how much money I'm at 49 minutes. So I got to get through this kind of quickly. The, um, let's see, is the South Atlantic anomaly splitting in two new data from Europe swarm satellites show something strange afoot in earth's magnetic field. The South Atlantic anomaly might be splitting in two. This is a new Eastern minimum of the South Atlantic anomaly has appeared over the last decade. And in recent years, it's been developing vigorously. This is according to Jürgen Matzka from the German Research Center for Geosciences. So um, this is basically, what is this, right? It's like, what the hell is it? What is she talking about right now? Okay, this is a weak spot in Earth's magnetic field that's centered over roughly the Atlantic side of South America. Ooh, this is kind of down by me, although I'm on, 
I live on the Pacific side in South America. But, okay, discovered in 1958. Oh, well, this has been quite a while then, right? <laughs> For 62 years. It has been growing and shifting for decades, and the latest data from Swarm show a new weak spot forming just off the southern tip of Africa. Ooh, okay. They do say South America, so it's kind of weird. That's awkward writing there, but basically this is in the middle between South America and Africa. All right. They say we're very lucky to have the Swarm satellites in orbit to investigate this development. So this was a uh, swarm is a constellation um, of three identical satellites that fly in formation around the earth. Oh, that's interesting. This is launched in November, 2013. They're equipped with magnetometers, star trackers, and other instruments, which allow satellites to make exquisitely detailed 3D measurements of earth's magnetic field. So the possible splitting of the anomaly is only uh, one of the mission's many significant findings. So they've they've long known for a long time that basically the magnetic field is weakening over Earth. We've been talking about it on the show this past year and a half. So over the past 200 years, the globally average magnetic field has lost 9% of its strength. And the South Atlantic anomaly is leading the way, basically. From 1970 to 2020, the minimum field strength area dropped from 24,000 nanoteslas to 22,000 nanoteslas. So it's like lost 9%, basically. So if you want to read the rest of this, like, you can go ahead and look at spaceweather.com I have already gotten 52 minutes into the introduction so I have 8 minutes to get through 3 other websites but um, I'm going to try to skip ahead so we're going to have to contend with a new zone of high radiation when this eventually splits into 2 cells so uh, that's going to be interesting okay so I'm not going to I'm not going to um go farther into this right now but spaceweather.com if you want to read the rest of it i will try later to get to the rest of it because it's very interesting all right um like i'll read it for myself and if it's more information but basically it looks like we're gonna have like a massive hole in, in the magnetosphere down here in the middle of the atlantic ocean a lot more radiation will be coming into africa and south america and i'm hoping that means we have southern lights like the northern lights the aurora borealis because that'd be kind of at least that'd be at least one good thing coming out of this oh my god all right so um the heartmouthorg.org institute i'm trying to go to their website um disclosurenews.it they reported today a high of 72 hertz frequency this is coming out of italy and it's always on Tomsk time, but so people think that this is the measurement for Russia, but somehow it's in Italy is the website. And then other people say it's the measurement for Italy, but it's in Russian time. So it's like confusing, but they only have the magnetosphere information for, or the, you know, it's not that magnetosphere, excuse me, the um, ionosphere between earth and the ionosphere changes in basically the Hertz frequency, otherwise known as 
Schumann resonance, but 40 Hertz frequency, as we've talked about before, is the fifth dimension, supposedly the lowest possible rung of the fifth dimension. So today it was 72. Yesterday it was 17. So that's quite a jump. And people go, Ooh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Do you really though? Because when I hear you say you feel it, I didn't hear you say you felt it three days ago when it was 313 in Africa. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if you're really feeling it or not. Maybe you're feeling something else, but all right. Um, all right. I'm here on this website and again, it is such a pain in the patootie. So hold on. I'm going to pause this for a second. All right. This has been really hard to get to this website. I'm trying to do it on my tablet because you guys know my situation with my internet. I don't have my own internet and I can't get on my computer because I only had a password put on my tablet. So anyway, uh, according to Sunday, May 24th, this is the latest we have as far as Schumann resonances on heartmath.org. They report for six different cities. Okay. So we had three cities that were absolutely zero. Hofu, Saudi Arabia, Lithuania, and Africa, which just was the other day, 313. (coughs) Excuse me. Ooh, I think my son is cutting ricotto peppers, which are pretty hot. It's like being sprayed pepper spray. He cuts it and then the whole, all the air in here. I'm on the third floor and I could smell it. Anyway, um, so uh, Hulului, South Africa was also a zero at a 21, no, I'm sorry, 2300 hour on Sunday. Now it's two days ago. 82 was the California number in Hertz frequency. This is again Schumann resonance. And Alberta, Canada was 232, and 78 was the Hertz frequency that was in Northland, New Zealand. So, all right, hopefully I have enough. Ooh, I have three minutes remaining, so I'm going to go quickly through the workbook lesson. A Course in Miracles, ACIM.org, is Lesson 299, Eternal Holiness Abides in Me. My holiness is far beyond my own ability to understand or know. Yet God, my Father, who created it, acknowledges my holiness as His. Our will together understands it, and our will together knows that it is so. Father, my holiness is not of me. It is not mine to be destroyed by sin. It is not mine to suffer from attack. Illusions can obscure it, but cannot put out its radiance, nor dim its light. It stands forever perfect and untouched. In it are all things healed, yet for they remain as you created them. And I can know my holiness, for holiness itself created me. And I can know my source, because it is your will that you be known eternal holiness abides in me. So again, uh, ACIM.org, you can go check it out. You could get even an app for your cell phone or your tablet or your computer. If you wish, you can go take all the lessons for absolutely free. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to channel the Arcturian Council of Nine. Hopefully, they're not going to try to take over my body like last time. 
Hopefully I won't fall asleep like last time and hopefully I won't get another shot in the arm that leaves a bruise for a week and a half like last time when I was abducted in the middle of the channeling. Oh my God. So (laughs) this is my first channeling I've done since I got to the new house. We'll see how it goes right after this. So during the break, my son came upstairs and he said, all right, now that the plumber, we had a plumber here all afternoon and I had all the caulking around the bottom of the shower was covered in black mold, but it was not in the shower and it was only in the caulking. So, um, I had the, I told the landlady and she's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. So she um was like we have to get rid of the black mold right away obviously so my mother's house so she had the guy come and peel up all the caulking and put all brand new caulking and check all the nozzles and the levers and all the parts of the jacuzzi tub (laughs) now you guys i'm telling you the last place i lived in the bathtub was not a bathtub but a liner that goes underneath the bathtub to cushion the the actual tub from the wooden boards underneath. And every time I stepped into the shower slash bathtub, I thought for certain my leg is going to go through. And um, I was thinking I'd get scraped up by the boards <laughs> and my leg will end up in somebody else's bathroom. And I was scared every time I took a shower in that place. And this place is just gorgeous and I'm really super grateful. Like I never imagined I'd be in a place this nice. Um, not $400 a month, fully furnished. Are you kidding me right now? Gated community, people delivering everything we could ever possibly want for like a fraction of the price. I, I, it's like the place is incredible. But today my son's like, all right, now the bathtub's done drawing. We need to check and make sure it's all working or we have to have the plumber back. All right, fine. Cause you know, we're just renting the space for a year and we may re up for another year, but we, we want to do good by the uh, landlady. She's very sweet. So he turns on the bathtub or, or he, you know, turns on the water and the water's almost all the way to the top. And he's like, I wonder how these things work. (laughs) If any of you have a jet tub, you're laughing right now because you know, it happens if the jets are not fully covered by water and you turn it on, it's like you're splashing down at Splash Mountain, you know, the ride at Disneyland at the end of the roller coaster on, you know, in the water where the water just comes up and splashes you and you get soaking wet. <laughs> that happened to him, to me. The whole bathroom was covered in water. My, it went shooting out the bathroom door into my hardwood, like <laughs> into my bedroom. I was wearing what I call my, my teddy bear pants. They're fuzzy pants and they're very warm. And <laughs> I call them teddy bear pants cause they look like teddy bear, right? They're um, kind of a light tan and, um, soaking wet. I mean, I just covered in water and we were laughing so hard. And I think the neighbors got mad. I'm like, Oh my God. But, um, that was my little adventure during, during the break. I'm like, 
you know, they really shouldn't let us children live in this place. (laughs) We broke the microwave the other day. Oh my God. We like doing nothing. I put a hot chocolate. No, it wasn't hot chocolate. Um, Chocolate chip cookie. I had a chocolate chip cookie. I put in a little bowl and it was a little glass bowl. I thought, well, hey, it's glass. And I put it in the microwave and it looked like um, plasma or ball lightning. (laughs) And it went, whoa. I'm like, oh my God, wrong bowl, right? So I put in a ceramic bowl that I know is microwave safe. And it did the same thing. And I'm like, holy crap. My son put in like a glass of water, a cup of water, different kind of ceramic same thing we're like oh my god just unplug this monster it's it's gonna attack us <laughs> so we've been like just really trying to get to know this place we've been here now um eight days and we're just trying to get the ins and the outs and what's going on i mean we tried to turn on the dryer which is connected to a gas canister um everything you heat everything with gas here um or electric but gas is cheap so Electric is cheap too because it's subsidized. But um, when I tried to turn on the the dryer the first day, the gas started leaking. There's like gas all over like our patio outside. And the next day we had to have we had to trade it out because the nozzle wasn't fitting. So all this crazy stuff has happened that just most of it has to do with us. <laughs> I mean the microwave. I don't know. Maybe it was its time to die and decided to die on my watch but anyway that's my little adventure what happened during the break we were laughing so hard like oh my god but we decided we at first we're like this is kind of cool we could both sit in the jacuzzi tub and kind of talk to each other and then we realized that even though it looks enormous that I got in there by myself um the other day and I'm like this tub is too small this is gonna be too awkward for a mother and son to sit in together like this is not gonna feel right so So we've had a conversation about it and tonight and I'm like, all right, when you want to use a jacuzzi tub, you can use it by yourself. You know, you could just use my bathroom and then, you know, and so we're going to take turns using it because we've never had anything this nice. Like this place is so nice. It's a luxury and our, just everything. We're so grateful for it, but (laughs) But uh, it's a good thing that I didn't even use the tub. Eight days I've been here and I've been resisting this thing. And I found out that um, it was going to start like leaking into the wall. And it already created a little bit of mold in the brick. And who knew? But I found out today that (coughs) it was a good thing. My intuition proved correct. And so he got everything fixed up. The sink was leaking. He fixed the sink. He, He... took out all the caulking now it stinks like silicon but hey no more black mold you know that was like what we're running from from the other place so everything is getting on track and everything is good and i started to have a conversation with god like 10 minutes before i started this recording right now and he said you know <clears throat> the the places that your twin flame is used to are considerably nicer than where you live right now. But this would be like where you live right now is like the bare minimum acceptable kind of place for him because of what he's used to. And so I put you in a really nice place so that 
he would feel comfortable when he comes to see you. Oh my God, you guys, that was the coolest confirmation I've gotten about this place and about everything. So, I mean, I signed a one-year lease and I run, my money runs out in, um, October. So basically November, I won't get a paycheck anymore. This is a temporary death benefits. And my son, once he turns 18, we don't get the money anymore. So I'm like, ah, we start trying to scramble and figure out everything. And I won't even be able to have my own internet with my own computer for like another month. And so we're like, oh my God, we have like three months to make our lives work or we're sunk. You know, we will, we will owe thousands of dollars on this place and won't be able to live here. So everything is a wing and a prayer, but I'm having faith and I'm working through all of that nervous anxiety, tension, energy. It's like, Hey, we got a jacuzzi. I'm working out on hardwood floors. My bedroom looks like a yoga studio and I have this beautiful view of nature. So, um, as we've been just focusing in all, on all the bright sides and we found out the neighbors are into all the magical stuff we are. They are hereditary witches in this complex and they're the sweetest people in the world. And we're like, <sighs> everything is coming together. So, um, I don't know if you guys are in a place, if any of you are in a place that you don't like. And you're just like, oh my God, when will the nightmare end? It's on its way to you. I mean, as above, so below, as within, so without. And so if it happened to me, and I wasn't even really particularly looking. I just, one day I had an inkling to go to Craigslist and look, and I found this place on Craigslist. And I remember, wait a minute, two years ago, I tried to get this place and it had already been rented. Like immediately it was rented. And this time, boom. I was the one that got to snatch it up. And if, you know, I would have been paying 500 a month by now. It goes up every year, $50 a, a month. So, hey, this is where I'm at now. So I got it for an excellent price. And I don't know, I want you guys to pay attention to those little inklings of, hey, it's time for me to go over to that neighborhood. Even if you feel your conscious mind's like, oh, come on, you can't afford it. It's too expensive. Don't worry about it. Don't need to think about it. Don't worry about it. You know? All right. Anyway, here we go. 10 minutes in. All right. Um, I'm already connected to the Arcturian Council of Nine. I am a telepathic channel. I do not channel directly. I channel indirectly, even though last time we attempted it with the Arcturians, they tried to take over my body and they do this with the other channels they work with. Um, Daniel Scranton is an excellent channel and he channels the same people. The Arcturian Council of Nine, they're from basically the ninth dimension. We'd like to consider them from the Arcturian or Arcturus, which is a star, but it's um, a different dimension even, you know, so who knows what's up there, you know, in the ninth dimension in that part of the sky, but that's kind of where we consider them from I suppose and they say that they're the Arcturians and there's nine of them so it's I don't want to confuse you about that it's in there in the ninth dimension but the Arcturian council of nine because there's nine beings that um, are speaking together collectively and so I hear it as one sentence not nine sentences similar you know 
they they talk as a group or maybe they have a spokesperson I'm not really sure but whatever I hear I relate to you and I try to do it in the rhythm and the cadence and the voice that they're showing me but I don't directly channel they don't take over my body um kind of creeps me out a little bit right now I maybe someday right now today is not the day guys so (laughs) just so you know all right am I connected to you to the Arcturian Council I get a yes with muscle testing. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths and we'll get into their transmission. Okay, Arc Train Council, you may begin your transmission now. Greetings, we are the Arcturian Council. We are nine. As a collective, we speak to all the various points on planet Earth and to humanity through these channels. And we always try to give a different message through each channel so that when you put them together, they make out a nice map or they are as pieces of a puzzle and you put them together to see a bigger and clearer picture. We love to speak to you and help you because we at one point have been where you are now. We were not always in the ninth dimension but as a collective whole our species if you will have been Okay, you're saying not quite third density? Okay, they're saying they were not quite third density. We were in the fifth dimensional world, and then we moved up from there. So we want you to know that when you do move up to the fifth dimensional world, you're not just going to be here, I'm in the fifth dimension. You're not going to say these words, here, I'm in the fifth dimension, and... Now I am enlightened and this is all there is to know. This is all I can be. Because it is possible for you to be oh so much more. You can be in the fifth dimension as well as the seventh, eighth, ninth, and so on. We wish for you to know that just because you achieve one more level on the ladder of spiritual success, when you go up a rung, It does not mean you are at the pinnacle of the potential success that you have. Even the highest qualified ascended masters and light beings, not only in your world, but in all of the worlds, we would like to let you know that it is possible to go up higher even for them. In fact, it is a infinity or an infinitude of potential lifetimes, life experiences, and spiritual experiences that that can just take you ever more, ever more expanding, ever higher, ever more increasing, and ever more ascending. Your ascension from the third dimension to the fifth dimension is a huge leap indeed because you are going from a very dense matter in a material world 
where it does not seem like everything's made from energy. And then you're moving up to a world in which you realize everything is energy. Now from the fifth dimension to the seventh dimension, or even to the ninth dimension, is just more and more etheric, more and more gossamer-like etherical energy. And then you start to realize everything is energy. But from your world, the third dimension to your new world, the fifth dimension, the leap is so much grander than any other leap you can make. And this is why the whole world, I'm sorry, they didn't say world, they said universe, the whole universe, all of the beings, all of the ETs, as you call us, all of us from other dimensions, everybody is looking at you. Everybody is waiting and cheering you on. We all are sending you love and light to get you boosted up to your next level. And when you become boosted to the next level, you are going to feel incredible. You're going to feel more um, light and airy, like the gossamer wings that your poets speak of. That is going to feel like you are floating. Um, other things we could think of is maybe you'll feel like you're floating on a cloud or walking on marshmallows. We always imagine that your marshmallows look like squishy clouds from our perspective. But we see that you're going to feel kind of like a floaty feeling. And when you get up there, you will glide through your days in a way that has been very hard in the 3D world. And we do not know what it's like to go from third to fifth because we went from the fifth up to the ninth. But it took us a long time and this was a part of our evolution and it took us steps just like it will take you steps baby steps little by little rung by run as if you're climbing a spiritual ladder so we wish to encourage you and we wish to encourage you to encourage other people as well many of your world is waking up many of your world is still sleepy when you wake up and you're groggy in the morning and you still have sleep in your eyes as what you call it you have the crusty debris that you have to brush away gently with a finger or a fingertip if you imagine what that feeling is like when you're not quite awake and you're still in that twilight stage between sleeping and awakening this is how all of the newly awakened ones, they're still in that twilight stage. So please be patient when they make ignorant statements. Please be patient when they start to follow semi-enlightened or semi-spiritual beings who are not 100% at the pinnacle of where humanity could reach, but they had a few ideas philosophers and the like and 
when the newly awakened ones start to follow someone who they believe is spiritual, they may not see how wrong many of the statements these people make are. And so we are asking you to exercise patience when you come in contact with statements that seem ignorant or childish to you. And they're saying, they're like shaking their heads, like not in a good way, childish. That's childlike, but okay, so go ahead. When you look at somebody who is brand new and their eyes are wide open and they look around so giddy and happy and they feel like I'm enlightened now because I'm spiritually awake and you're looking at them and you know that they just woke up and they're not quite aware yet. And we wish to ask you to be gentle with these kind souls that don't know their ignorant statements. They don't know what they are saying or doing yet. They don't know what they don't know because how could they? Just like when you were there where they're at now, there's no way you could know what you didn't know and no one could tell you otherwise, right? But when people would say, well, you don't have that 100% correct or no, the real, real reality is this, it made you feel a little bit shrinking back from the spirituality, did it not? So we're asking you to be kind and gentle to everybody. Their spiritual truths are based on the level at which they can handle the truth. They might grasp 10% of actual reality. But remember, maybe a week or a month or a year ago, they were only grasping 2% of actual reality. And we're not saying this to say that they were crazy. We're just saying that they were asleep spiritually and not awake and not aware. And so we wish to remind you, there was a time you were at the same level. And there was a time at which you grew. And there was a time in which you became more enlightened than ever before for you. And there will be a time in the future in which you are increasing yourself, your awareness, your knowledge. You will open and expand. There will be a time in which you are a saint. There will be a time in which you become a spiritual master. And if you're calling yourself a spiritual master now, we highly doubt you're there yet. We have noticed that some humans have a modicum of spirituality inside them and they have become aware of certain things and they read a couple books and now they're calling themselves spiritual masters. Come pay me $32 to read your cards because I'm a spiritual master. And we would like to point out gently that those who know do not speak, and those who speak do not know. Lao Tzu is very intelligent, and we want to point out that there are some teachings out there that hold the profoundest levels of wisdom on your planet that ring quite a bit of truth. Lao Tzu was one of them. And... 
if you're out there trying to peddle your wares to make money while calling yourself a spiritual master, then perhaps you're not quite a spiritual master yet. Even though you are a master in training, everybody on your planet is a master in training, whether they know it or not. But if you have to put out there socially that you are a master, then chances are you're probably not a master. You know, it's, it's okay, so they're showing me. It's one thing to say, I have a PhD, and here's a picture of my degree. And it, quite another thing to say, I'm a spiritual master because there is no degree. There is no piece of paper or proof. And when people puff themselves up and build their ego by saying something that may or may not be true, it shows us a spiritual immaturity level that pretty much points to the fact that they're still spiritual babies. And with all due respect to all of God's creatures, and we do give respect to everybody equally, we do recognize that many people are spiritually awakening and unfolding rapidly and they're growing and changing and the people that are growing and changing the most would never dare or dream to call themselves master other people may call them that when they have deserved the level of recognition to truly be considered or called a master their ego is not any longer engaged in this level or title. So we want you to use your discernment and we wish for you to keep along your merry path of enlightenment because it's on its way. You are on your way. You are in the process of unfolding and becoming that beautiful light with which you have been seeking not only your whole life but all of your lifetimes and when you're a spiritual master you won't even think to ask if you are yet you'll just be other people will recognize it in you before you do but by then it's not even going to matter what label or title people give you. We wish to also talk to you about the color yellow. That's what they're really saying to me, guys. This is Elena speaking. It's kind of strange, right? The color yellow. They keep showing me the color like buttercup yellow. Kind of like a daffodil. Not a not a dark daffodil, but very pale daffodil or like... um. A little bit darker than the color of butter pure um, freshly churned butter darker than that but lighter than a daffodil is the color they're showing me so all right go ahead we'd like to talk to you about the color yellow what you normally call yellow in your world now this is a color that some people like and some people don't like and this is associated with your uh, third chakra 
if you're one of the people that absolutely do not, cannot stand, don't like this color, you have issues in your third chakra you need to clear. Self-identity, ego, uh, based issues. So again, with the ego, um, talk about the ego tonight. Um, but we wish to tell you something different about this color that you don't know is that there is a higher octave of it that will be coming into your, at first it'll be kind of in your peripheral, peripheral vision. And eventually when you look at this color, it's going to morph and change sometimes before your eyes. And you're going to feel that your eyes are deceiving and playing tricks on you. But we assure you, they are not. When you look at this color, it's going to at first feel like it's dancing or glowing. But you're going to see, you'll start to see, as your vibration raises up, a glowing yellow. A different form of the yellow. You're going to see it. In the ways in the ways that bees see it it's going to be a different level <clears throat> and we're bringing this up because many colors are going to be doing this but soon the color yellow is going to change for you it's going to be different you will um, tune into it further and more clear when your third chakra issues are completely cleared up so that's why we brought up the third chakra issues. But once all of your third chakra issues, your solar plexus issues are, is that, is that, that's the third? Yeah, that's the third chakra. Um, I'm like, is that right? Yeah, no, that's right. Cause the fourth is a heart on a hot is four. Okay. So the third chakra. So they're saying, um, I'm sorry guys, repeat that please. Um, once you've cleared out all of your third chakra issues, you're going to start seeing the most beautiful and delightful energy emanating from yellow. It will become almost a golden radiant ultraviolet light. And we want you to feel where it hits you in your body and feel the emotion behind this color. You're going to start to feel emotions with colors. And this is why the fifth dimension is such a joyous place to be. And as you go up through the dimensions, the seventh and the ninth, they become even more happy, more radiant, more joyous, more filled with emotion. And the lower octave emotions that are available to you in the third dimension will start to fade away. That is the sadness, the guilt, the depression, the fear, anxiety. These emotions, once you've cleared up your own issues, they will fall to the wayside and you're going to be in coming years. You will be hard pressed to feel those ever again. They're going to go away. And you're going to start to feel, instead of just happy, it will be a higher octave of happy. And your happiness levels will be in conjunction with tonalities, sounds, music, whether it's music 
lilting in the breezes in the trees or the sounds of water falling on rocks or in the sound of the birds singing, you're going to feel an energy of emotion in these sounds and you're going to feel an energy of emotion in the colors. You're going to start to understand how the worlds were put together when you start to get these kinds of holistic energetic experiences and as you enter into the fifth dimension deeper and deeper or as we should say higher and higher and you become less dense and more filled with what some of you might call the Holy Spirit which is the energy between you and God that connects you when you come become filled with the holy energies you are going to understand that you are approaching your own godhood more and more with each experience when you go into a garden for example whereas before you see pretty colors and you notice insects and it delights you and tickles your fancy is a saying we've heard you guys say sometimes we you feel tickled by it or happy or giddy and suddenly that emotion will be dropping as you remember things that are unpleasant in your life but as you move through the fifth dimension those unpleasant things will stay gone especially if you've worked them all out once you're in the fifth dimension and you walk into a garden and you see all the energy and all the colors normal pinks and purples and blues and yellows and whites and and all of a sudden the pinks will get pinker and you'll see three or four octaves of the pink raised up from the flower you know the purples and the blues all the different colors even the green and the leaves even the green and the blades of grass everything is going to be several octaves higher and you're going to see up to 10 or 12 colors in one and you're going to experience it in your chakras all 12 of your chakras you're going to experience it in the cells of your body you're going to experience it in your mental body your emotional body your spiritual body and also your physical body whereas before you experienced color with your eyes and you registered with your brain and it was a very limited experience as you become less dense you will start to experience the colors in each of your bodies not just your physical body with your eyes but in every individual cell in your physical body you will feel an emotion as your DNA comes online and gets excited in a, a scientific way in a particular particular matter or particulate matter way they're showing me like the little components the little particles inside your DNA it's like they're gonna start to be switched on and as you go up 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 
these will be switched on. It'll become, there, there will come a point in time in which you will feel emerald green in every cell of your body. And you will feel it in your mental body. And you will understand it. Some of you will even pick up the mathematical formulation that went into the creation of this color. And some of you will feel the emotion of it. And it will be so strong that it will make you cry with joy. Some of you will feel it in your uh, spiritual body. And it will lift you up and you'll feel that you are riding on an emerald ray of light. And indeed, when you walk into a garden filled with the delights of various colors, you will feel that you are being buoyed up by these colors. And you'll just feel like it's almost pushing you higher energetically up, 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 up that ascensionary scale, that, that spiritual ladder of success, if you want to look at it that way. But it's going, everything will be buoying you up in a way that you are feeling emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and yes, physically supported by nature herself. As you let go of all the past emotions that no longer serve you and you only focus on joy, peace, happiness, love, trust, guidance, spirituality. When you start to focus on these things and then you go out into nature and you will start to combine energies with nature. You'll combine energies with colors. You will start to feel better with higher quality food and higher quality air and higher quality uh, jaunts through nature. If you live in a city and you are happy to see, you know, four trees every block, that's not going to be enough for you anymore. You're going to have to go to the countryside and walk among the trees that are living in their tree societies and you'll start to understand that they have consciousness too. You'll start to feel the consciousness and the energetic patterns of the trees, especially in places where they were not planted by humans, but rather they grew up by divine providence. And you're going to start to see that you deserve to be around this kind of nature. As you're lifting yourself up, you're going to feel and I don't know if they meant deserve. Did you guys mean deserve? They're saying yes. Okay. You're going to feel again that it's the divine providence that gives you your deservingness. You're going to feel more of who you are inside. And you're going to understand that you deserve to be around that which the higher octave of you created. Your oneness with nature is going to start to be felt, not just intellectually. We all are one. Yes, I get that. You might be saying, but you're going to quote unquote, get that in many different ways. When you see this beautiful yellow 
and all of your third chakra issues are cleared out and you're clear and pure when you see that new octave of yellow it will automatically become a part of you and your third chakra will be clear with this what they're saying what did you say elena buttercup yellow <laughs> the buttercup yellow color will be a part of you and be inside you the purple will not just be a dull mauve it will become a royal purple glowing from within that will become a part of you when those issues from that chakra are cleared up when you see blue it's not going to be a dull matte blue with gray mixed in it it will be more like an electric blue and it might still be the same blue you saw before but now that you clear it out you clear out your throat chakra from all of its issues and you accept yourself you accept your own voice in your own way for example next time you see blue you will see all the other octaves of it and that becomes a part of you and that electricity that runs through these colors naturally will be seen and every color will become alive and vibrant in a way that you're seeing up to 12 different colors in one and you'll feel 12 different vibrations in one and you're going to have an inner knowing the more you hang out in nature you will have an inner knowing and a deeper connection with divine and you're going to understand yourself more you're going to understand other people more so that when you meet people and maybe you're talking for the first time and you say an innocent question such as what is your favorite color and they say pink you're going to know everything there is to know about them with that answer because you will start to feel the energetic patterns that take place in that person because they're going to project that color from their mind to your mind and from their heart to your heart and you will energetically be aware of them in a way in which you never experienced human beings before we see all this coming for you all of this is coming into your field of reality in the very near future if you want this reality faster keep raising your vibration and clearing out your lower octave emotions and issues of your past if you want this world faster we wish the best for you we wish all the love from all points of the universe we work through other beings we work with the Pleiadians and the Andromedans and the Lyrans. We work with many other ET groups and we are all working together for your benefit. We love you very, very much. We are pleased that we got to speak with you today and we are constantly beaming love and light from the ninth dimension down to yours, from our heart to yours. We consider you as our family and we will continue to work with you, walk with you, send you pure light so that you can awaken more and more and more. We thank you for your time and your patience with us as we explain this tonight. 
and thank you for every time you've listened to us. We send you our true, compassionate heart, unconditional love forever and forever. We are the Arcturian Council and we have been pleased to connect with you today. All right, guys, they ended the transmission. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. If you did and you know people who are also spiritual, who have not yet been told about the show, maybe that's your duty to let them know that I am doing these shows. I'm doing them for you. I'm doing them for me too. I'm doing them for my posterity. Hopefully my grandchildren someday will listen to my show also. So (laughs) I am doing this as my service to humanity. So let me know um, if there's any topic you want to hear in the future, anything I have not covered yet. And especially if you've been with me from the beginning, you know everything I've covered. But um, there might be some things I haven't done yet that you are wondering, why didn't she do that yet? Emotional freedom technique, tapping, I haven't done that one yet. That's something that maybe we'll get to in the next week or two. We'll see. I always follow higher guidance, but if you give me a decent um, idea and I run it by well, the big guy in the sky, basically, he's he'll tell me if this is good or not. You know, like I said, I channel God's will. And it's what he wanted me to do today was channel the Arcturians. So there you have it. It's been a couple weeks since we heard from them. So kind of works out, right? Anyway, um, let's see. What else can I say? Uh, I do want to let you know uh, I'm up for a People's Choice Podcast Award coming in July. So if you want to vote for me, uh, just mark your calendars right now. All you have to do is just... July 1st, mark the calendars. Um, Any time from the 1st through the 31st of July, you will be able to vote for Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. So I wanted to let you guys know about that just to mark the calendars. And when we get more towards like the last day of June, then I'm going to tell you exactly what to do, where to go, how to vote. And I'm thanking you in advance for doing this. It will help me out because the more we get the word out, the more votes I get, the more this can spread to more and more people and we can let people know about the show and we are all learning and growing together and I'm grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you for putting your faith and your confidence in me and in the show. I love each and every one of you very much. I love you unconditionally and I'm so happy that you tune in night after night. And I I know um, several of you, if I've never spoken with you, I'm still sending you my love, always beaming it out to everybody who listens, either now or in the future. So there you have it. Um, I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But for now, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys peace
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.